Welcome to the Fitfiliate Podcast, where we talk about behavior and behavior-based conversations as they relate to CrossFit affiliate owners and coaches. My name's Lisa Hetherington, and I'm your co-host. Sitting alongside me are Tony and Chuck, the founders of Fitfiliate. We've got a great episode for you today, guys, all about the concept of being coachable. What is being coachable? How do we help someone be coachable? And how do we move through that process? Usually I'd be sitting alongside both Chuck and Tony, but when we recorded this one, Chuck was away. So it's just Tony and I today giving ourselves a real deep dive into this particular topic. And as you know, coaching is something we're deeply passionate about here at Fitfiliate, and that's what our model is based on. So there's lots of great insights into this. And I know that you guys as affiliate owners or coaches have come across members who perhaps weren't so receptive to you coaching or members of your team. So I'm sure you're going to get a lot out of this episode. Please remember, like, subscribe, and review on your favorite platform if you enjoy our content. Share it with somebody else who you know may benefit. Also, if you have one problem that you think you might want to get Chuck and Tony to help you nut out and solve, we have a link in the show notes below. Use the code PODCAST to get access to that call. It'll be the best decision you've made in the best way to spend an hour. All right, guys, let's crack on to today's episode. And welcome back to another episode of the Fit Fillet Podcast on that note of having an existential crisis as Tony and I navigate the world of uh, streaming cameras and back-to-front video. Uh, how are you this morning, sir? I'm great. Now that you told me how to do that, just so everybody's clear, if you yeah. are listening to this, um, I, in the last podcast, and you can go watch it with Pat Barber, um, we had just switched to a new software, and the new software... I didn't have it set up, so it wasn't mirror. It, it was wasn't or was mirroring my camera. Was not. Wasn't mirroring. mirroring. Yeah, it was not. Either way, everything. Was it was a complete mental meltdown while I was yeah. doing that because I could not focus. I was everything was backwards and my brain hurt. Um, and Lisa just saved the day, so now my day is much better because I don't have an existential crisis anymore. Just, uh, just you know, being a good podcast coordinator for you. Just, you know, ticking all the boxes. I let you suffer for a week. I, I just, you know, I didn't realize it was. I've got to be honest. I was really anxious about showing up the next one. I was like, I fucking hate StreamYard. I hate it. I hate yeah. it so hard. So bad. Then I was like, oh, there's a there's a checkbox. Just yeah. So you guys all know you can just click it. And Isn't once you've done that, you, you're good now. Turns out the answer was you're, right in front of you now. the whole time. It is. And... Maybe that's a really good, smooth little segue we've got into today's topic, which, um, you know, um, you hear from a lot, and I know that in all your consults, and I, I very much know that it probably sounded like me when I started with you as an affiliate owner is, uh, that won't work. I've tried that before. That doesn't work here. Everyone's, I'm doing what everyone else is doing and it's not working. It doesn't work for me and I'm, I'm different. And not being prepared to be, you know, either open-minded to looking from a different perspective or even uh, being prepared to take action on things where we, we were just speaking briefly about being coachable, but coachable in the way of actually then changing the behaviour to take action on something um, and having that identity. So a little, little bit of a mixed bag to unpack today, but uh, while Chuck's globetrotting, I thought it was a good chance for us to chat a little yeah. bit more about that and dig into it. 
While Chuck wanders the Bordeaux region eating baguettes, we're just going to talk about behavioral analysis and problems. Perfect. Cool. Let's do it. Yeah, it seems uh, like a fair trade. Yeah, you know, whatever. I guess in theory, it's a perfect trade. I'd probably rather be doing this anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I don't really know where you want to start with that. So there's a lot to unpack in that whole conversation. So you guide the journey because you are the podcast coordinator. You're not just here to stop me from mirroring my camera. <laughs> Or to start you mirroring it. Um, yeah, yeah, well, I think, first of all, that, that resistance um, that, you know, when you guys are in your coaching calls um, with clients and talking about, and I know that the model is not to give advice, it's to, you know, help us come up with our own solutions. But when an affiliate owner is sitting there, I've tried everything, nothing works, we can't do that. I'm not, whatever the, you know, I'm, there's no, I can't get my stuff. Let's use a common one. Um, that we've talked about recently is I can't get my staff together for a meeting. They just won't come and I've tried. So now I can't. So uh, <laughs> trying to move someone from that perspective to the value of it and actually making it happen. Uh, yeah. Well, so I guess is sort of a spoiler. Um, the entire model of FitBilly was built around this exact conversation. Um, Naturally, we are the only coaches in the space, but that's actually the reason that we're the only coaches in the space, because knowing what we know, which is exactly the resistance that people have to change anything for that matter, particularly things that they hold very firm in their beliefs, almost dogmatic, is like, you know, getting them to accept and change isn't going to go very well if you're like, hey, do this, right? Potentially, if there's a lot of social proof, or other considerations for influence that are very important to the, the rubric, so to speak, that things are passed through, you might be beneficial. But generally speaking, most people are attempting to abdicate responsibility more so than take responsibility. So we knew when we set out to do this thing, um, to, to build this, like we really wanted to help. We, so we knew that giving them more information and giving them more advice wasn't going to help because one, they already have the advice. They already have the information mm. that they need. They're just not doing it. So going mm. at them with another course or another roadmap or another playbook or another whatever you want to call it wasn't necessarily bad. It just wasn't going to work. It's like, mm. right, listen, you can Google the answer to anything. Why don't you do it? Right? It's behavior. So that's really where the whole model was built around was this exact conversation, which is, how do you get people to make large scale changes that are semi antagonistic or antithetical to their own current belief structure to do it and do it quickly, to do it effectively and to do it really essentially with precision. And it's hard. Uh, and I think anybody who's listening to this, you have found yourself in a situation like on the training floor, particularly where you may have cared about something or a solution more than the person who was receiving said solution gave a single shit about it at all. And then they mm. tend to politic and campaign why that's not going to work for them. Mm. And, you know, we definitely were not going to get into that situation as it applied to you running your business. So we had to change the whole mm. model. Yep. And um, it, it's a big thing that, and when you relate it back to the, the, physical coaching or physical movement coaching is people like oh no i i can't get into that position to squat and that's that's it it's like but why yeah and not being prepared to 
Well, it's going to take some work for you to get there. Maybe you can't currently, but it's going to get some work the same in our businesses when we're talking about things that we may have tried, but maybe we've tried poorly and we just didn't know. And we still think, give everything a lumping blanket statement going, well, that's not going to work. Facebook yeah. ads don't work for me or uh, staff meetings don't work. I don't need them. You know, uh, I talk- so this is everybody bear with me. I don't want to don't tune out. I assure you I'll justify it. Coaching is purely sales. Period. Uh, in that sales is nothing more than persuasion, essentially affecting outputs by changing inputs, aka getting people to do what you want them to do. Generally, as it applies to sales, that is transactional and financial in nature. But coaching on the floor is a conversation of persuasion. I need to get you, Lisa, to the outcome that we believe in. So I have to transfer this belief that I have to you. I could tell you what that belief is, but there's most likely going to be a bit of resistance from you and probably some degree of you're going to tell me why that won't work, right? Because like humans, well, we're all lazy, right? We're terribly efficient humans. And so when you tell somebody to do something, you're telling them to do work. And work doesn't sound like much fun. And it certainly sounds exactly like what it is work. So you're just like, I don't want to do it. And you come up with the reasons why you campaign for the reasons why that's not going to work for you because you just don't want to fail at it again. All right. So uh, as it applies to that conversation, options create objections, whether whatever you're selling. Right. So the more things that you throw at somebody that you're going to give them, the more things that they have to say no to. Right. So I'm like, you're going to get this and you're going to get this and you're going to get this and you're going to get this. And it's going to be 500 bucks. And you're like, cool. Well, I don't want this, 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 and this. How much is it then? They're like, huh? Right. And so if you yeah. think about it that way, I just guaranteed it's happened to somebody in the sales conversation in the gym. Cause they're just like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw a whole bunch of, of features at them and then they're going to give me more money. Right. But yeah. all they're going to do is be like, I don't believe in myself. I have failed every time I have tried. Um, anything I've ever started, I've never finished. So all those things you just told me just sounds more like five things that I'm going to fail at as opposed to just one thing I'm going to fail at, right? And all those really sound like to me is an increasing and an ever-increasing evolving amount of disbelief in myself. Eh, I'm out, right? And and then they just back out of that conversation. Um, and then they go into the conversation they want to have, which is, I don't know what fitness feels like. I don't know what happy feels like. I don't know what healthy feels like. I do know what $200 feels like. That feels like a couple of dinners out, a couple of gas mm-hmm. tanks. It feels like a lot of things. And so I'd like to fit fitness into the same sort of conceptual reality that I think other $200 things are worth. And that's not it. So I was thinking more like 50 bucks, right? And like they try to pack their conceptual identity of, of what they think success is going to feel like into what they're willing to give up, which is probably a very minimal amount of money. Because what they're really saying to you is that I don't want to give you $200 because it's not going to work. Not because of you. It's not you. It's me, right? It's not going to work because I'm going to quit. And I really only want to lose 50 bucks, not 200. And if you allow them to play that game and they will play that game, every single person will, no matter what it is, you failed them, right? And what you need to tell them was like, great, happy you're here. Let's go. They're like, what are you going to give me? Does it matter? I'm going to give you oh. help. How? I could tell you, but if I told you, all it's going to sound like is more things that you're going to fail at. So how about we just try and we get there and then you can tell me how good it feels. They're like, uh, and they have nothing to say no to. 
They're like, mm. okay, I'll try this, right? That's just coaching, yeah. right? Because sales and consults, particularly in the office, are the same thing that's going to happen on the floor, right? You have to deal with all their limiting beliefs, all their preconceived objections, and all their prior failures and traumas to get them to make a good decision for themselves. We know one thing. If you're sitting down in front of me, you've probably not made a handful of good decisions. Letting you make another yeah. one in your own benefits, probably not the right thing to do for you. So let me make the decision for you. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And then we'll figure that out. But I promise you, based on the hundreds of people that I've helped, you're in good hands now. Right. Mm. And so they're like, um, okay. Right. And then they just try. And it always goes well. Because honestly, fitness is very hard to screw up. It just takes some degree of consistency and it just takes transferring that belief. And we go out on the converse, uh, go out on the floor and the conversation remains. Regardless of all the things you've experienced before, it's my job to get you past that and get you to the destination as quickly and as effectively as possible. If I just took you out on the floor then and I was like, all right, now that we're here, here's what we're going to do. Boom, 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 boom. You're going to be like, pump the brakes, guy, like. I'm not, I'm not here for that. Instead, I was just like, great. So let me see you move and tell me why that's a struggle for you. And then I fixed it, right? Okay, cool. Why is that a pain for you? Where does, what happens? Where does the pain start from? Okay, let me fix that. Let me address that. Because fixing the squat is not about telling you how to squat. It's figuring out why you can't squat, right? And maybe, maybe we go on the floor and you squat perfectly. I'm like, sweet. Let's compound it. Let's try putting something in the front rack. Let's try putting something overhead if that goes well. Oh, now we got something to fix. Why is that a struggle? Coaching is simply just understanding and then evolving the conversation. Training is throwing a bunch of things at you, right? Like, here, do this, arms up, elbows out. Let me see your armpits. It's awesome, it's not working. Let's try to throw more things at you. And hopefully, maybe it goes well. But if you've listened, if you're listening to this, I know without a shadow of a doubt that you have found yourself in a situation where it has not gone well, where they're just like, hmm. no. And so instead of them being like, I'm bad at this, they're likely going to tell you a bunch of reasons why this won't work for them because it passes them through a filter of safety, no vulnerability. Oh, your hmm. logic, your method, your skill set, your teaching is flawed because of X, Y, Z. Because the other option is that they have to accept that they're flawed. Mm. That's not a very human characteristic. No, and no one wants to admit that they don't know or they're stuck or they're lost. And, you know, uh, <clears throat> I know particularly in some of the, even the calls that we've had in, in my journey is, you know, talking about different concepts in like, okay, I don't want to admit that I have no idea about that or I haven't done that when it seems like something rudimentary and basic and you're like, okay, yeah, maybe we could do that. And it's because you don't want to admit that you don't know something that you feel like you're supposed to be in charge. You're, you're, you're as you said before, riding this line of this affiliate and you're hanging on for dear life and you should know all the things. But turns out that, you know, you don't want to sit in front of people and say, I don't know. Right. I mean, yeah, we've all we've all probably been in a conversation where somebody comes in, probably somebody with some relative degree of fitness, likely. They're not necessarily in a, a terrible amount of pain. So they're not terribly receptive to coaching, which is always ironic because they always tell you that they're coachable. Um, and then as soon as we get into it, right, they're like some version of like, no, this is just how I squat. Right. 
that's interesting because uh, are you claiming to not be a human? Because like I'm not saying that all squats are the same, but I'm saying biomechanically and from a leverage perspective, it all works the same way. There's some differences in terms of joints and levers, but I assure you, your squat does not stop above parallel. Yeah. No, no, mine does. No, you do. Your squat doesn't. Huh? Right. Yeah, because it turns <laughs> out your brain controls your body. And I think everybody agrees that like your brain controls your behavior, right? AKA the output. Uh, but also your body controls your behavior as well, the input. So understanding it through that framework is that people are like, oh, shit, I don't understand the movement. That's why I can't do the movement. And so as it applies to business, you can imagine it gets way more complicated. So coming out with like a handful of standard best practices or like prepackaged solutions and, or like, you know, things that are going to fix every affiliate. There's some things that are universally, you know, pretty recognizable, good practices, but like even those, you're going to find somebody who's like, mm, that won't work here. Mm. And so how are we going to build a business that could help somebody it, it, the same in Branson, Missouri, as it was going to help them in Miami, Florida, or, you know, in Scotland or in Australia, right? Because those markets are massively different and potentially their resistance may in fact be right. Like Facebook ads aren't going to work there, right? Like we can't mm. run Facebook ads in Taiwan. Mm. Right? So uh, I can't just come in with my packaged answer, but you still need help. And so the other option was, okay, we just don't serve those markets. That's not an option. Like no. help is help is help. The same as when they come in the gym. Like you don't just look at somebody like we can't help you here. I mean, maybe you do. I hope not. But you know, obviously, I'm not asking you to take on like psychological things and stay in your scope of practice. But like, mm. respectfully, I don't think that you would ever turn somebody away and say I can't help you here, right? And like, you might find yourself in a position where like an adaptive athlete, you're not capable or qualified to handle them. You mm. should solve that quickly. Take the adaptive athlete course, learn how to address that because, you know, the path to coaching, trainer to coaching is essentially amassing the skills that you need in the future. Not necessarily the skills you need right now. Really it's just, it's the joke is just stay one step ahead of the client. But as it applies to teaching people what to do, this is the problem with advice. Advice doesn't work. Mm. Not like, I shouldn't say that because we've all received advice that's worked. But the, the trouble with advice, and you've heard us say this a thousand times, is that it assumes in every situation that the receiver of said advice is incapable of solving their own problem or acquiring that information altogether. Information itself in this current day and age is worth zero dollars. The Goog yeah. takes care of it, right? And so if your only value proposition is the information contained within your melon, you're not smarter than Google. Potentially, the person who you're talking to is not smart enough to Google it. That's a different conversation. <laughs> but respectfully, information is free. Delivery is worth a lot of money. Particularly, coaching is worth a lot of money because that can't be packaged and distributed electronically. It has to be done through a service-based interaction and relationship. So we built a business that couldn't scale. That's really what it was, right? Like We knew that to solve this problem universally from anybody that we needed, it didn't matter what they needed. It mattered why they were in trouble to begin with, right? And so that was mm -hmm. it. Right? So when you get into the business, though, you can imagine if you just start throwing things out, they're going to tell you why they tried and it didn't work. Okay. Yep. But we just got done talking about this, Lisa, and you told me that this is the problem. So it has to be solved, right? And so you also just told me that the only solution is this, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. 
but then you just followed, but we tried that though, it didn't work. So we've got a problem. We have to get past it. So maybe it's not that you tried it and it didn't work. It's that the way that you tried it didn't work. So tell me about how you tried it. All right, and then we did. Then we're like, oh. And then they are like, oh. And then they're like, shit, I guess I only half tried it, right? Or like, I didn't really understand it. And that's the problem with advice is that you take well-intended information, whatever it is, right? And then you try to the best of your ability to implement that information. You're not a master. You don't know what you're doing. So it doesn't really ever go well. And then when it doesn't go well, what do you do? You catalog it with trauma. Try that. Nope, not doing that again. That was real uncomfortable. And humans are only motivated by one thing. That's the avoidance of discomfort. And guess what happens when you try something that doesn't work? You're not really that excited to try it again. Even if somebody as qualified as they may be is like, I know, try it again. You're like, mm. no. <laughs> no, I'm not going in there. I went in there. I got punched in the face. I'm not running back in there. They're like, I know this time, though, it's not going to hurt as bad. What? No. Yeah. Just try a different door. There isn't a different door. There's only it. one door in the whole building. And, you know, you're very right about the information just, just being there. Every, every guru slash mentor has put out enough free content that you could, if you had zero budget, you could piece together something and go, oh, I'm going to, and jump from one strategy to the next to the next. And because they're only giving you a portion of the, the solution, which is the, the free stuff, it's like, you can get started, but then you're like, well, I don't know what I'm doing with it now, but you think you've got the whole answer. Cause it's like, I don't need to pay for coaching. Like I've got, I just Googled how to squat. Like I just watch it. It looks totally like mine. Um, and you know, that's the, the video that HQ puts out is how to air squat. And I was like, yeah, that looks like mine. That's great. I don't need to pay someone to tell me how to squat, right. but you're only getting part of the, the solution. And it's really, not even the the actionable bits that are specific to you, which is where the value comes into having a coach's eyes, whether it be on your movement or on your business. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the nature of looking for the answers, not the solution, right? Um, and yeah. you know, and one of the reasons why we are so adamant. In fact, maybe this is the second reason the whole company was built was that like if we do one thing, we are going to we are going to draw this line, this DMZ, so to speak, between training and coaching. Because in your business, you have for sure tried it, done it, whatever. It worked. It didn't work. I don't need coaching is usually the thing, right? Like I, I already know what to do. That's not what coaching is. You don't need a trainer. That's the difference, right? So like you don't need a trainer. Training is free. CrossFit will always be free. Information will always be free. If you got a problem, Google it. You'll find the answer. What you need is somebody to understand why, even with that answer, you're still not doing it? Why are you struggling with that answer? Why is that answer, who clearly that answer has worked for many other people, is not working for you, right? That's behavior because you are the constant in all the problems. Not in a bad way. It, it's just the nature. Like everything, well, at the end of the day, the buck will always stop with you. So if you find yourself in a situation that repeats itself over and over and over again, well, that's your fault. Right? So that's got to be fixed. And there's no information out there that can tell you how to do it. I mean, you can Google self-help and you can, you know, download morning routines and, you know, you can, you can do the things that, you know, Gary Vee tells you to do. But at the end of the day, they're only going to get so far as your own behavior, your own limiting beliefs, your own trauma and your own belief system. And then at that point, 
it's all threatened. So for us, it was, we believe in the affiliate model. We believe in every single affiliate owner. We believe in every affiliate market. We believe that there really should be over a hundred thousand affiliates. If we're going to actually make a dent in this thing called, you know, mm. in health as it stands, 17,000 ain't it, right? Like now you got all these affiliate owners, like there's too many. I'm like, there's not nearly enough. Take the population divided by 150. Mm. We got a lot of affiliates because you don't need 4,000 people in your gym. You don't even want them. Right? Your ability to help mm. them is minimal. Now, you might need 4,000 people in your gym if you charge them 40 bucks a month. That's different. But that rant aside, there has to be more help, right? And so we believe in the affiliate owner. We believe in the affiliate model. We believe in the method and the prescription that is prescribed and the tools that are used in the affiliate model, CrossFit. So the solution is then simple. We have to transfer that belief to you guys, right? Because everybody else is trying to take that. Everybody else is trying to tell you why the model doesn't work or, or why you're not capable or, or why it's not going to work and, and what you need to do. It's all bullshit. Like the model was built perfectly. It was built elegantly. And I get it. It's very hard to understand for the same reason CrossFit is, right? Like the last episode with, with Pat is, is the same conversation. We get so caught up in what to do, we forget why we're doing it, right? And so as affiliate owners, you get so caught up in everything's on fire, so you're responding to all the what's you forget why it was so important you'd own the affiliate in the first place. There's no place mm. like owning an affiliate that I've ever met. Like there's lots of easy businesses to start up and pay for. They cost a lot more money. They have no chance at identity at the, at the starting point, And they have no real ability to make it truly and unique. Like easiest business to start, no doubt about it is a franchise or a boring business, right? a car washer, mm. a laundromat. There's no identity there when you, you make it the best laundromat ever, right? So like, it's just about money. That sucks. But like CrossFit gyms are very boring businesses. That's a good thing, just so we're clear, like because boring scales um, in, in boring creates revenue. They allow you to have your own sense of identity. They allow you to be creative. They allow you to, you know, exercise your why and your vision and your purpose. And they're not standardized. And on accident, you got everybody running around saying, we want this, 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 and this, but guess what's going to happen? Once they come out with the world's best playbook, everybody's going to be like, oh, I tried that. It didn't work. This is what I get. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, it's not yeah. going to work. Just can't. Yeah. Uh, and I actually heard that comment this week is, oh, you know, they've put out this playbook, but, you know, there's, there's nothing in it that's relatable. It's like, because it's, you know, people are not are looking at it going, yeah, I've tried that. I've tried that. And, there's nothing new in it. They're looking for like the red pill or the blue pill, the magic solution. That, and it's not until you dig into that, um, the common element, which is you and, and deciding what's, what are the obstacles and what are the limiting beliefs that are stopping you taking that final little bit of action or that uh, changing that little bit of perception that's really going to move your needle forward rather than expecting it to be handed to you. I mean... It's a little bit deeper than that too. Um, they don't want help. They want it to be okay. The nature of most people who seek help are not seeking help itself. They're seeking permission. They're seeking salvation. And that salvation looks like somebody telling you that it's okay, right? Like you see this on, uh, on the obesity side, right? Like there's an entire camp of people who want it to be okay. Bone, it runs in your family, all those things. And like, and there's a lot of, you know, epigenetic answers and things that go into that. But like at its core, it's not okay. We're going to have to fix the behavior. How do we get here, right? As it applies to your business, 
they, the, the playbook means more for them to tell them why it's okay that they're in pain as opposed to these are things you need to fix because mm. that has to pass through the filter of behavior, which is now I know what to do. I have no choice mm. but to change it. And it's probably not going to happen because mm. you don't and want to. To be honest, when they get something that's as voluminous as that, the playbook, it's like they start reading the first couple of pages and go, oh, my God, there's, you know, 300 pages here. It's like I can't – they get overwhelmed as well and go, there's too much information now. I don't know where to start. And then it's like, okay, I'll just put that to the side and I'll scroll through really quickly and go, I read it. None of that works for me. Yeah, it's – um. It's funny, really, is what it is. Uh, I mean, it'd be, it'd be funnier if it wasn't so dire in so many situations, right? But honestly, it's what makes the whole model so enjoyable, right? Like when anybody comes in the front door, they're like, all right, what do I do? I'm like, what do you want to do? They're like, oh, this already feels weird, right? Like, And then they're like, huh? Yeah. Um, but it always works, right? And the reason that we're able to move affiliates so quickly and so effectively is that here is the answer to every problem. And this is the, the central part of coaching is that once I transfer the belief to you, you will have your own idea, your own epiphany. And just like every other great idea you've had in your life, how fast have you ran towards that idea, right? Because you understand it, it makes sense to you, it seems actionable, and it seems like a solution. I'm gonna go do that. And we're like, okay, go do that, Lisa, that's gonna be great. Versus if I'm like, here's what you need to do, you're like, Okay, that sounds good. I don't really understand that, but let me write this down. Right? Okay, so okay, what do I do next? What about next? Okay, and so okay, I'll, I'll be back. And you go, and you're like, it's not working. Yeah, knew this wasn't going to work for me. Right, but if you went, if we 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 understood what the root problem was, where the problem in your squat was, where your you know, I say your lack of balance and how you're losing. Like, okay, well, what could you do to help? accommodate that balance. Oh, maybe I could hold on something. That's a great idea. Let me get you something to hold on to. Right? And you hold on kettlebell. You're like, wow, that actually worked really well. How's that feel? Like, this is amazing. I never squatted this low before. You're like, wow, that's crazy. Wow. Right? Like, and because it's their idea, granted, you guided them right towards it. It's so fast. Right. But what did that do? What did that yeah. really do? It changed their whole identity. Right. That meant that yep. like Lisa just solved her problem. Like she left there being like, I'm capable. I'm amazing. I, I mm. did that. Right? Versus I need him. Right. And so yes. this plays on a much bigger part of the training conversation where a lot of people stay trainers because they want to stay important. Right. Cause like, then you need yep. me. Yeah. Cause I got the stuff mm. and you got to pay me for it. Right. Like coaches don't yep. have anything. It's our job to understand what's contained in our brain is invaluable. What's contained in your brain makes us valuable. And that's a big mm. shift because at that point, Coaches are like, oh, aren't they going to quit? No, because you're the first person that got them to take action, right? And they, they will learn that, like, I feel very comfortable. I feel very confident. I feel very capable in your presence. I feel like I can do anything here. And that's because you're really good at transferring your belief to them. Trainers doesn't always work that way. I mean, there's really great trainers out there, and I don't want to take it from them. like Because it works really, we really need well. But it doesn't create that identity. And, you know, it's, it's incredibly um, true and powerful. I remember 
you know, I would go in and coach after our early morning one-on-one coaching call and I'd be like pinging with ideas and I'd feel so good about myself and, you know, I've, I've got this affiliate ownership nailed down and, you know, I know what I'm doing and I've got a plan and because it would be through the conversation that, you know, not once did you ever say to me, well, no, you shouldn't do that right now. It was, oh, you want to do that, let's explore the options. And you would come out of it feeling like, yeah, I, you know, Chuck and Tony believe in me. My coach believes in me. So I'm just going to go and do this rather than going, I think this might be an idea that I Googled. I'm not really sure how to implement it. It's like, you know, and 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 it being okay to try something and go, eh, that really didn't come out the way that we thought it would. Then we come back and talk about it. And it's not like a, why didn't you do exactly what I told you? I gave you the 15 steps to gold and you screwed it up rather than, okay, well, let's look at what you actually did and see where we could do it better. And it's a... Yeah, it's it's hard too, right? Because like I I carved out a place in in the universe teaching the most complicated part of CrossFit, right? Which is gymnastics. Mm. For one, there's no shortage of lists of of movements and skills and joints and coordination and Mm. flexibility and power and you name it, it's all in there, right? But so... The reason why that that part of the of the universe is important to me wasn't because like I had a background in gymnastics or because I cared about gymnastics. It was that I understood that gymnastics was the quickest route to behavior and behavioral modification of a client versus other things. Because weightlifting will always be weightlifting in that it's your force to that external object. Like there has to be that bar, right? Body weight movement is very different, right? Because body weight movement is behavior, right? It's your body as you see it and understand it yourself. And so it's my job to get you to change the way you perceive your own limitations and as such, the own, your own outcomes. As it applies to, you know, apparatus, I can't take that away, right? So gymnastics to me became that way. And, and so as you understand it through that sort of conversation, it makes a little bit more sense. But one of the things that we, we always basically tried to explain in the seminar was that, um, well, movement will always be the answer to movement, right? Mm. Accommodation will always be accommodation. And so if you watch people's first uh, approach or their first um, ideation towards solving their gymnastics problem, it's usually the inclusion of an external apparatus, right? Like banded pull-ups mm. or pistol to a box or holding an upright. And what you'll actually do, as opposed to teach them that movement, is teach them to be reliant on that external object, which is okay, because it allows you to accommodate what needs to get done, get your chin above the bar, whatever that is. But as a coach, what are you going to have to do? I'm going to have to teach you how to uninvolve that box. I'm going to teach you to go from a green band to a red band, or from that box to a short box, which will ultimately result in you needing to relearn the exact same epiphany of like, okay, I believe I can do it. I can squat that. I can use this band. It's a very long process. However, if we just affect coordination, and that's really all that gymnastics is, is really just behavior and get you to understand how to improve your coordination. All you're going to learn to do is be able to apply more force to more external objects, whatever that looks like. And then the problem is solved, right? So solving your gymnastics problem does not look like adding things and attachments. It looks more like holds in static positions and developing coordination, right? But what's really happening there is that we're rewiring coordination and we're rewiring behavior. The same thing happens in your business. I could come in and put banded pull-ups all over your business 
And those would help you move past a metric, right? I could, I could get your chin over that bar. And you know what? That might be important for the same reason it's important for like Lucy to feel like she was a part of that workout. I'm okay with it. Like, I think banded pull-ups are great. Not because they're going to teach you a pull-up, right? That's one of the worst ways. But because they're going to make you feel like you got your chin over the bar, so you're going you're gonna to take on the identity. But it's also going to be the slowest route where I could accommodate that exact same thing by eliminating distractions and we could get to root behaviors and then we could get you to understand what the limitation is and then we can get you there faster. Right. And they're like, mm. oh. so I just have to like hold. Yep. That's good. And you're like, okay, I can do that. That seems easy. Like, yeah, it is. Like, so that's, that. there's gotta be more to this. This can't be the only answer. I'm like, no, that's been the problem all along is that you keep distracting yourself, hoping to mm. find a solution and it's not going to work. But that's the nature of why people, People don't often, most often don't want to solve their own problem. They want it to be okay more than they want to do the work that's necessary. Right? Like, it's way easier to be like, oh yeah, I just can't spot below parallel. Mm. Well, guess what? That's also going to assume or suggest that you're going to die much sooner. So we're not going to cover mm. that conversation, but like maybe we increase your mortality here by getting you to squat below parallel. Does that sound better? Yeah, okay, good. And that's where... You know that that big difference between you know a average trainer and a and a good coach is because a trainer um, will walk around and go, no, that's just how Tony squats. He that's just what he does. No, that's that's what I do my birthday. I don't. And, yeah, and a a co- a coach won't let that be. They'll dig deeper. Go, yeah, but why is that how Tony squats? Or why is he not doing his burpees? Like looking for the deeper answer rather than that's just how it is. And that's there's there's no other there's no other solution to it. That's just what is. You can't change it. I've tried. Yeah. So we're just gonna leave it at that, right? I, you know, yeah. another part of this I think is important too is because we do get in this sort of conversation about coaching. I think every trainer is fantastic. I think that anybody who who dedicates a part of their life, even if done poorly, I still think you're a fucking fantastic human because like. The implications of the of, of what you are attempting to do, even if you don't do it right, who cares? It's still going to have some degree of a positive outcome. I don't. That's not what this is about. But if you're going to get to the point of better, the answer is not going to be more complex. It will always, just like fitness, be the basics. It will be simpler solves. And so, if you find yourself, just like we know it to be true in, in CrossFit or teaching CrossFit, you find yourself using lots of big words and lots of words in general and overcomplicating and obfuscating a conversation, that is the mark of a novice. It's your job to be able to teach to an eight-year-old. And guess what happens if you start talking about external rotation and muscular systems and leverages to an eight-year-old? They gone, right? Yeah. So the simpler, the better. And that's a path and it's a process. It is essentially the framework of the six pillars to a six-figure coach that we built, which is like you don't need more information. In fact, you got to stop acquiring it because you're just it's making it worse. We got to take what you have and teach you how to strip it down, boil it down, and be able to deliver it more effectively. But understand that anybody you direct that towards, you're going to have the same problem. If you lean on overcomplication and more options, you're going to get more objections and you're going to be less successful as a trainer. And if you're ever going to get to a coach, you're going to learn that it's not about what you tell them at all. It's about what they understand. Yeah. And leading them, you know, helping them find their, their way on that path. You're just kind of, as a coach, you're there to walk beside them and 
they're almost like the bumpers on the sure. bowling lane, but stop you doing something too stupid but uh, and being really dumb. But it's it's really walking that path and, like, you know the path, like, you know, you know where you're going, but it's having that belief that you can walk it and you can solve, you know, those problems I also and create think solutions. People, it sounds like being a coach also means you don't need to know anything, right? Like you could be stupid because <laughs> they're like, because it kind of sounds like I'm telling you, you don't need to know anything to be a coach. Um, mm. That couldn't be further from the truth, right? There's a reason why coaching comes so much further, you know, in the, the life cycle of a, of a, of a trainer. And that's because like, you need all that information. You need all of it that you can possibly consume to learn that it doesn't mm. matter. Mm. Cause none of it matters if you don't understand it. Right. So all yeah. the information contained in my brain is completely in total. It doesn't matter how many thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars I spent on acquiring it. If I can't get you to understand it, if I can't get you to the agreed upon outcome, it's worthless. Mm. So, yeah. you know, the better you understand it, the better you can package it and the better you can deliver it, the better. But really all it comes down to is not having to use it at all. It's like, it's like mm. the act of, of violence. Like you can never consider yourself peaceful until you're capable of great violence, right? Like, cause otherwise you're just harmless. That's yeah. the same thing as being a, a coach, right? Like a coach doesn't need any of their tools because they understand that all those tools just create more complication. And so they can pass everything through that and then they can catalog it and create the perceived outcome. And so mm. that's kind of where it all comes from. Mm. And it's a, it's a, it can be a hard mind shift. And I know that you've worked with hundreds of clients that have gone through exactly that thing in their journey. You'll see where that switch gets flicked. They're like, ah, oh, it's not about, you know, you giving me a cookie cutter manual to say, here's how to run the best affiliate in the world. Because, you know, affiliate A is very different to affiliate B because each of us owners, as, as Pat was saying uh, last week, you go away and go, this is my version of CrossFit. Like I'm doing CrossFit, but I'm just going to put my own little twist on it. And, you know, it gets, you know, further and further away. But, you know, my perception of what CrossFit is is very different to Joe down the road. And understanding that and going, there's no one size fits all solution. We aren't, you know, F45 or any of those others that come out. Here are your colors. Here's your branding. Here's, here's your playbook. Here's what you do. Um, it just doesn't work. It's us. the life cycle of every coach, right? I mean, you go, spend your weekend with the red shirts, you drink from a fire hose, right? You yeah. come back and you call yourself accidentally a coach. It's not your fault because the industry has you confused, but you're like, you're a trainer and you're ready to train. So you step in front of that class and then you attempt to, <laughs> and then you open your mouth <laughs> and you vomit all over them. And you're like, that didn't work. Yeah. These, the logical solution is that I need more information, right? So you go and you learn more information mm. and that's fine. But then eventually as time goes on, usually years, several years, if not many more than that, you realize that, the problem all along has always been the words. The less words you use, the more successful the client is every time, every single time. And I can tell you that it applies to seminars. It applies to working one-on-one. -on -one, it applies to group classes. It even applies to online training. The less you talk, the more successful they're going to be. Right? Yep. And so that really you know, is essentially the, the big problem that it comes from that whole thing is that 
you dig in, you dig in, you dig in, and then you position. And it's like today's post on the affiliate uh, on the social is that on Instagram, you know, there's the, there's the preacher, there's the politician and the prosecutor that show up in every single conversation. And generally you can watch this happen. Go stand on your floor and watch what happens when your coach is challenged. They instantly either a become the preacher and then quickly, as soon as they see a flaw in Lisa's logic, then they become the prosecutor and they're going to drive it home or else they're going to campaign for that position until they get there, right? But a coach is the scientist. The coach is the one that stands at the front of the floor. And instead of taking a position and giving more information, they use the data. They see what's working and most importantly, what's not working. And then they adjust from there, right? And then they change that, that delivery. And that's mm. the... You know, the central distinction, I think, between the three of them. And a lot of this always, and I always feel bad for this because I think a lot of it always suggests that like coaches are superior to trainers. They are in many, many ways, um, only in that they have all transcended to that point because every coach at one point was a trainer. Just every trainer was not a coach. So um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a part of the journey. It's a step on the journey, but know that if if you find yourself talking at people or delivering information or disseminating information, you're a trainer. If you find yourself asking more questions than speaking, you're a coach, generally. And it, it's interesting um, hearing you talk about that because it just set off a little light bulb for me. In, in training members in my affiliate, I would, you know, you'd have the endless battle about why you would want someone to do increased weight for whatever reason and you know i would have endless conversations and circular things back and forth whereas by the end of my journey it was like i could walk up to somebody go, oh what are you doing today tony oh i'm gonna do this hmm that's interesting and walk away and suddenly you'll see them heading off to get to exactly where you want them to go because you're like well i think you could do more but you know that's you yeah. know that's on you and suddenly you get them to go exactly where you want them to be all along. And you say, well, I knew you could do that. And transferring that belief is, is where you make that transition is like, I don't need to argue with you about why you should be doing that. You're going to get to that yourself just by me right. asking the right question. Yeah. The eternal fixation of standards, right? Every open, every yeah. open, everybody yeah, loses yeah. their collective shit over the standards. Yeah. And that is the, that is the sort of like, quintessential culmination of the whole conversation, right? Like it's not the standard. The standard doesn't matter. The question is why is that standard so problematic yeah. for you? Huh? Yeah. Because everybody's like, why why'd they do that standard? Was it like every weekend and during the open it was the worst time to ever teach a seminar. Everybody want to talk about whatever the standard was. And I'm like, <laughs> what about it? They're like, well, why? I'm like, the did, did you try and have a hard time with it or something? Yeah, it's impossible. Mm -hmm. Let's start there. Why? Mm. Well, because I yep. can't get my heels above the line. Why? Mm. Where, 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 where are your hands? Yeah. Like, and understanding, and then like, oh, well, because you've actually never fully extended a handstand ever in your life. It's never been about the standard. It's been about your lack of understanding the movement itself. Like, because you've only been doing kipping wall leans your whole life, as opposed to actual handstand <laughs> football. Like, oh, kipping wall. Yeah, maybe I should get my butt off the wall. Mm. But. <laughs> it's understanding because you could imagine how hard it would be to teach a gymnastic seminar to a room full of strangers, right? And it didn't take me very long in that journey. And it was really the way I learned it was that like the more I try to teach them things, the worse this is mm. going to go. The more I get them yeah. to understand things, the better this mm. is going to go. So I should yeah. use words less 
and help them understand their 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 lack of understanding better, and then together mm -hmm. we'll come up with a solution. And that's how it's done. <laughs> so that seems like a good note to wrap that one up today. Um, it's really an interesting process, you know, as a coach getting people to to move forward. But when you see that light switch on, it is a it is a powerful moment. So, and that's why we do what we do. I think it all centers around everybody. I mean, everybody is fascinating. Um, in, in, to make the journey to a coach, you have to truly just be fascinated by people, all people, good people, bad people, successful people, homeless people. Like it is the it, perpetual curiosity that drives all coaches. And it is essentially the, the final determining factor in your success is that you just want to understand all people. And that's the thing that I think is if there is an intrinsic trait, you know, or, or a suggestion that will make you a good coach it is pro probably most likely actually definitely. Are you curious in nature as it applies to other people? And the more curious you are, the better you're going to be as a coach. Some people just aren't that curious. Yep. They don't care at all. They're like, no, I just want to tell them what to do. Cause I'm going to be honest. Training is way easier than coaching. Cause then I can just mm -hmm. deliver the information and then when it doesn't work for you, I'm like, oh, well, sorry. Mm. Work for everybody else. And then you're like, oh, yeah, rude. And then you got more trauma. But as a coach, it's way harder because then I have to be like, hmm, why is that not working for you? And I have to, and a coach is contractually obligated, whether that be financially or emotionally. Mm. I'm contractually obligated to your understanding of the solution. And guess what? I'm not giving up until you do. Mm. And throwing more information at you is not going to work. So, probably better to use questions so we can get to the root faster so we can get to the solution faster yep well we can end perfect that. we can good chat today and i uh, look forward to the next episode oh my face is in the right side of the screen now thank you my friend for listening to the fit affiliate podcast if you would be interested in hopping on a free call with us to just kind of chat about what you think your problems are and what you think the gap is between where you're at and where you want to go we can see if maybe we can help you along that journey, figure out if we're all a good fit to do some sweet things together. So click the link, set up a consult. Let's help you identify some problems that we can mutually solve.